Everything is inspired by the teachings of His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, the founder of Chaya of the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. Om Maganati Vananda Sangha Maganasa Today our topic is don't stop growing. A lot of young people nowadays, they reach a destination, fulfill a dream, and then they just rest and settle there. They're in that degree, get that job, buy that house, and then just coast after that. They settle, soak, and eventually sour. Some modern psychologists have called it destination disease. You get where you want to go, and then you settle there, you soak there, and you sour there. Studies show that 50% of high school graduates never read another book. That means they see reading as something you have to do to get something else, but they don't see learning as a lifelong pursuit. In school, we learn constantly. We learn from our teachers, we learn from our coaches, we learn from our parents, we learn new things practically every day. But some of us tend to think that once we finish a certain level of education, then I'm done with school, I'm finished with reading, I've finished my training, I've got a good job, I got what I started out to get. Well, here's a news flash. Winners never stop learning. Krishna, God, did not create us to get to one level and then stop. Whether you're a nine or 90 years old, you should constantly be learning, improving your skills and getting better at what you do. You have the responsibility for your own growth, which is not automatic. So ask yourself today, what steps are you taking to improve? Reading books, you're listening to educational videos and audios, taking any courses on the internet, going to any seminars, do you have any mentors, are you gleaning information from people that are further along your path than you? And most importantly, are you giving honor to God from whom all our talents and abilities come? Are you spending time with the absolute truth who is the source of all creative faculties? We do that by chanting holy names. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Krishna, Krishna Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Winners don't coast through life going on what they've already learned. We have treasures, plural, on the inside, gifts, talents, potential, abilities put into us by the Creator. But those gifts will not automatically come out. They have to be excavated. When Prabhupada, our spiritual master, was between the ages of 70 and 82 when he founded this movement, he would go for a walk every morning, three or four miles with his 20-year-old disciples. And on his morning walks, he not only walked physically faster than his younger disciples, but he was ahead of them in every other way too. If you see videos of those walks, he was out in front and the other disciples are fanned back from him like a V. He was like the prow of a ship. Not only in physical terms of writing, speaking, traveling, thinking, opening new temples, he was always a fount of innovation and creativity. And he always chanted, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. 
take a glimpse here at God on the altar with flute to his lips, mischievous smile on his face. When you think about it, God would never be old. He's all-powerful. He, he can't be forced to do something he doesn't want to do. The effect of time on our material bodies is what causes us to age. Time and matter are not more powerful than God. So when you think about it, God would never, ever, ever be old. God is eternal. I'll raise my hand to that. And being eternal, I'll keep my hand up with the second corollary that he never dies. And I'll continue to keep my hand up with the following logical conclusion that if he's eternal, if he never dies, then hello, folks, he never gets old. Hello. So that means he's fresh. Although he's the oldest and he's the smartest, he doesn't have a beard, he doesn't have wrinkles, he doesn't have PhD, MA, LSD after his name. Usually when you're young, you're not smart. You're young, you're stupid, right? You're only smart when you get old and you've lost that beauty. But God reconciles all apparent contradictions that we have to struggle with. He's young and he's also omniscient. And he's ever fresh, never appearing older than a fresh, blooming youth, about 16 years old. And when you stay in touch with him, we can't expect to see the sublime spiritual form of the Lord with these material eyes, but we can experience him, we can see him initially with our ears. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, By associating with the Lord initially, through his name, you'll never get stale. You'll never get stagnant. You'll have freshness and newness in your marriage, freshness and newness in your career, freshness and newness in your family. Prahlad Maharaj, when we read about in the Srimad Bhagavatam, the five-year-old devotee of the Lord, he says, Kamada Machara Pragna Dhamma Bhagavat Durlabhamanusha Tadapiyadrum Translated, one who is sufficiently intelligent should use the human form of body from the very beginning of life, even from as young as five years old, to practice the activities of devotional service. The human body is most rarely achieved, and although temporary, made of the same chemical, carbon, nitrogen, phosphorus elements as the bodies of animals and reptiles and birds, nevertheless, it yields us a unique opportunity to perform devotional service to God. Even a slight amount of devotional service can give one complete perfection in life. We're told that throughout the universe there are altogether 8,400,000 species of life. We have a number of macaws. There's one downstairs. You might have noticed them on your way up. Oscar. They're loving. They're affectionate. They like to play. And macaws are touted as having the mentality of a three-year-old. It's comparable to the mentality of a human being at the age of three. When the macaw is 60 years old, it's still going to have the mentality of a three-year-old. And that's okay. That's okay for an animal, but it is not okay for a human being. We're meant to grow, to evolve. We're not meant to stay as three-year-olds or five-year-olds or ten-year-olds. I read that the wealthiest places on earth are not the oil fields of the Middle East. 
not the diamond mines of South Africa. The wealthiest place on earth are the cemeteries. Why? Because buried in that ground there are businesses that were never formed, books that were never written, songs that were never composed or sung, dreams that never came to life, potential that never got released. Our encouragement today is don't go into your grave with that treasure still buried. Keep growing, keep learning. Every day we should have a goal to grow in some way to learn something new. Pablo Casals, you may know his name, especially if you study music. He was perhaps the greatest cellist of all time. He started playing at the age of 12, accomplished things that no other cellist did. And yet, I don't know if you know this, but at the age of 85, he still practiced five hours a day. A reporter once asked him why he still put so much effort into it. He smiled and said, I think I'm getting better. <laughs> he understood this principle, that when you stop learning, you stop growing. When you stop growing, you stop living. Sharpen your skills. Don't be at the same level next year as you are this year. Like the great chalice, get better. You have a responsibility, not only to God who gave you those talents and abilities, not only to yourself, not only to your family, but to your generation to develop what God put inside of you. If you're in sales or human resources or auto mechanics or health care, you can always expand your knowledge and improve your skills. Read books to learn how to communicate, how to work as a team member, or lead more effectively. No matter what you do, there are people who have gone where you'd like to go, who are further down the path than you are. Listen to what they have to say. Take an hour or two, turn off the TV, and invest in yourself. Do something every day, intentional and strategic, to improve your skills. Don't be vague in your approach. Don't say things such as, if I have time, I'll do it. Oh, you're better than that. You've got too much in you to stay where you are. Your destiny is too great for you to delay, procrastinate, and get stuck. A lot of times, we think, Krishna, God, I'm waiting on you. I'm asking you, Lord, for that big breath. Let me tell you, if you don't know it already, who gets the big breaks? People who are prepared. People who continuously develop their skills. I saw a signboard recently. Success is when preparation meets opportunity. I saw another little snippet on Facebook the other day by a world famous communicator. He said, some public speakers think that they shouldn't rehearse their material. It'll come out more naturally that way. Nothing could be further from the truth. The more you rehearse it, the more you go over it, the more you repeat it, the more natural it will be. The more work you put into it, the more preparation that you put into it, the more success you'll have. You think, 
Deepak Chopra or Tony Robbins who get $10,000 for giving a half an hour talk made that talk up yesterday? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> you got to be proactive. Take the steps to grow. And when Krishna God sees you doing your part and developing what he's given you, then he'll do his part and open up doors that no man can shut. And you may be tempted to say, Oh, children, I'm so busy. I don't have time to take any training courses. I don't have time to read books, learn new things. I'll get behind. That's the wrong attitude. Here's a story for you. There were two lumberjacks who were out chopping down trees. One said, I'm going to take a break and go sharpen my axe. The other said, I don't have time to stop. I've got too much work to do. Sharpening my axe will put me behind. So the second guy kept chopping and chopping and chopping. While the other man, he went out. He sharpened his axe. He had a sandwich. He had a caffeine-free Coke. And he later came back, a couple hours later, and in the afternoon, he chopped down twice as many trees as his friend with the dull axe. What do we learn from this? Sometimes you need to take a break, sharpen your axe. If you'll sharpen your skills, you won't need to work as hard. If you sharpen your skills, you'll get more done in less time. You'll be more productive. Whether you're a teacher, a carpenter, a banker, or a doctor, don't sell where you are. Bring honor to your Creator by dovetailing what you're doing in devotional service. Don't coast, rest on your laurels. Stir up what Krishna God put in you and get better at it. In other words, sharpen your axe. God brought you today to hear this call to action. There are new levels in your future. Things have shifted for those who kept in first place in your favor. Krishna is looking for people who are prepared and taking steps to improve, not so they can just make more money, get their name in the papers, but honestly to become better instruments in the service of God. He's looking for those who are serious about fulfilling their God-given destinies. If you're familiar with the Indian epic, the Mahabharata, the righteous, pious Pandava brothers, they were wrongly accused, cheated in a dice game, and unfairly sent into the forest for exile for 13 years. Now they could have had a pity party, they could have cried, they could have spent all their time planning and plotting how to get even with their enemies, but they thought, hey, there's lots of saints and sages and wise men and yogis who live in the forest. This is a good time out for us. God has arranged this so that we can mature, get, be steeped in transcendental knowledge, sit at the campfire and learn the wisdom of thousands and thousands of years of antiquity. So the 13 years turned out not to be a penalty, but a time out for them to sharpen their axes, sharpen their wisdom, so that when they finally came back and got their kingdom restored, they would be better rulers. There's one famous story, in fact, you were here, if you were here three weeks ago, Bhakti Peter did a one-man drama of the conversation between the eldest Pandava Yudhisthira and a harem. What happened was, while they were in exile, the Pandava brothers became consumed by a terrible thirst. 
So the first Pandava came to this lake, and there was a heron standing in the lake, and he went to drink, and the heron said, answer my riddles before you drink. And he was so thirsty, he said, heck with you, I'm going to drink first, and then maybe I'll answer the riddles. But when he drank, he fell down dead. Second Pandava did the same thing. Before you drink, answer my riddle. He said, no, I'm going to drink first. I, all I can think of is my thirst. He drank and he fell down dead. And with the second and third, finally the last brother comes, Yudhishthira. So he's more thirsty than any of the four had been, right? Because he's coming later. He sees his four brothers dead. What a shock that must have been. And he goes to drink and the heron says, answer my riddles first. Now, Yudhisthira was always seeking to improve, always seeking to be challenged. So in spite of his grief, in spite of his thirst, he said, okay, I'll answer your riddles. What are they? Parents started off, what's heavier than earth, higher than the heavens, faster than wind, and more numerous than straws? Yudhisthira answered, one's mother is heavier than the earth, one's father is higher than the mountains, the mind is faster than the wind, and our words are more numerous than straws. Next question. Who is the friend of the traveler? Who is the friend of one who stays at home? Who is the friend of one who is sick? And who is the friend of one who is dead? The answer. The friend of the traveler is his companion. For the friend of one who is at home is his mother. Healing herbs are the friend of one who is sick. And religion, truth, and righteousness are the friend of one who is dead. Next question. What is that which when renounced makes one lovable? What is that which when renounced makes one happy and wealthy? Yudhisthira answers. Pride, if renounced, makes one lovable. By renouncing desire, one becomes wealthy. And to renounce greed is to attain happiness. The heron then asks, what in this world is the most amazing thing? And Yudhisthira answered, the most amazing thing is that even though every day, what to speak, every moment, every second, thousands of living beings die and rush to the abode of Yamaraj, the Lord of Death, those who remain, each and every one, still acts and plans as if they'll live forever. Nothing could be more amazing than that. Then the heron asked, what's the real situation in this material world. Yudhisthira said, this material world is like a frying pan. The sun is the fire, the days and nights are the fuel, the passing seasons are the stirring ladle, and time is the cook. All living beings are thus being fried in this pan. This is the real news of what is happening in this world. We are all fried. And with that answer to the last question, the heron revealed himself as none other than Yamaraj, the Lord of Death, who is also known as the Lord of Justice, and who is also the father of Yudhisthira Maharaj. He was very pleased by Yudhisthira's having repressed his hunger, repressed his grief, in the interest of growing and improving and sharpening his acts. His father blessed Yudhisthira in several ways. First, he brought his four brothers back to life. Second, he gave them all access to as much of that thirst-quenching divine water as they wanted. Third, he knew that 
in the 13th year of their exile, there was a condition that they should live incognito and unrecognized. If anybody should recognize it, they would have to go back into exile for another 13 years. Now these were the most powerful warriors of the day, the most righteous. They were literally effulgent. And so how to make them unrecognizable incognito was a big looming problem for them. Without getting into the details, Eudistia was blessed that they would be able to pass those 12 months incognito. The fourth blessing is that thousands of years later, we will all learn valuable truths here in Spanish Fort Utah by listening to these questions and answers. Well, that's why Yudhishthir was a king, a leader. That's why Krishna would have no other outcome than that Yudhishthir be restored to the throne of Hastinapur, which was the seat of world government in those days. Even as such, he never rested on his laurels. He never took sovereignty as an excuse to get soft in the head. And though swayed by grief and thirst, he rose to the challenge, answered the riddles, saved the whole family by bringing his brothers back from death. Not only that, but he got a life-saving boon from his father and left a wealth of wisdom for future generations. In the same way, when Krishna picks someone to promote, he doesn't just randomly close his eyes and throw a dart at the board. Oh, I'll pick you. You won the lottery. This is your lucky day. No. When Krishna looks for people to promote, he looks to see who has developed their skills, sharpened their acts. We read about Prabhupada, our spiritual master, establishing the International Society for Krishna Consciousness, which has 800 branches worldwide. He didn't leave for America until he was already 70 years old. And we wonder how the Lord could have empowered such an elderly man to do what he did. But the truth is, Prabhupada paid his dues. He prepared for this mission throughout the entirety of his lifetime. He gave the sermons back in India. He wrote the books. He counseled the disciples. He traveled all over the world. His whole lifetime was dedicated to developing the skills and talents that Krishna gave him to the end of coming to America and transplanting the glorious Vedic culture of India. That's why Krishna chose him and not others for that glory. But here's the key. You have to develop your skills every day. You have to set aside time, learning, growing, proving to prepare you, build your muscles, so to speak, for that next level. Now, you might be in a lower level position doing something that seems just meaningless and insignificant. You know there's so much more in you. It would be so easy to slack off and think, there's no future here. This is a dead-end job. I'll prepare as soon as I get out of this place. I'll prepare when good breaks come my way. I'll prepare when, when the boss promotes me. Then maybe I'll take a few courses, lose a few pounds, have a better attitude, buy some nicer clothes. No. That's backward. 
You have to start improving right now, right where you are. Start sharpening your skills while you're waiting. Study your manager's work habits. Study your best supervisor. Learn how to do their jobs. Be ready to step into their shoes. Scripture says, a man's gifts make room for him. If no doors are opening, don't be discouraged. Just develop your skills. Improve yourself. You might feel that there's not going to be any opening, that no supervisor is going to move out of the way anytime soon. But if you outgrow them, outperform them, outproduce them, and know more than them, can I tell you, your gifts will make room for you. Somewhere, somehow, someway, God will open a door and get you to where he wants you to be. Don't worry about who's ahead of you or when your time will come. Just keep going, keep learning, keep preparing. And when you're ready, the right doors will open. The fact is that Krishna may not want you to have your supervisor's position. He may have much more in mind for you. He may want to thrust you past that supervisor, put you at an even higher level. I know former receptionists who went from answering phones to running multi-million dollar companies. You can, you will develop the skills that are inherent with you, and I predict that if you do so, you'll go further than you could think or imagine. So how many of you today ask yourselves, have stopped growing. You're comfortable, not learning anything new. Our message is, you have so much more in you. Studies show us that the average person only uses 11% of their brain. Think of all that potential you could be tapping into. Can we try to light a new fire under some of you tonight? Shake off complacency. Shake off destination disease, sharpen your skills. I read an article about reducing the risk of being laid off. There were three main things that employers look for in determining who stays. They look for those with positive attitudes, they look for those with flexibility, and they look for those with a desire to keep learning and keep improving. To be a winner, you need to develop your gifts, to the point where your company cannot make do without you, or at least your bosses know that things would not run nearly as well or nearly as smoothly were you to be absent. Now, if you're out for a week and nobody misses you, sales are just as good, all the work gets done, that should be an alarm bell. Now, that's okay if you happen to own the company, but if you're an employee, you're not being missed, then maybe you're just not needed. Maybe you need to kick it into a new gear. Produce more than you've been producing. Because why? You have treasure in you. You have talent in you. You have skill in you that will cause you to be noticed. Scripture says, do you see a person skilled in their work? If so, they will stand before kings and be great men and women. Keep sharpening your skills. Why? Because cream always rises to the sun. The Pandavas 
as a condition of their exile that year, they had to live incognito, I was telling you about. They went into the kingdom of a king named Bharata. Bhima, one of the Pandavas, disguised himself and went into the kitchens as a cook. Now Kula was very good with horses, so he presented himself as a horse whisperer, and he went to the stables. Sahadev took care of the cows for that one year. Arjuna became a dancing master, but the king noticed Yudhishthira right away, his nobility, his integrity, his bearing, and the king immediately took him as his own advisor and confidant. During that one year that the Pandavas lived incognito in the kingdom of Iraq, that kingdom experienced unprecedented prosperity. Within a year of having wandered in from the desert, Yudhishthira was running the whole kingdom. Is this not a case of one's gifts making room for him, cream rising to the top? So don't use where you are as an excuse not to grow. Don't say, I'm in a low-level dog. I don't like my position. I'm overqualified. I've had unfair things happen. That's why I've lost my gusto, lost my passion. Well, you haven't lost your treasure. Your treasure is still in you. Krishna brought you here today to hear me say, it's time to use your gifts, to stretch yourself, take some courses, sharpen your skills, chant the names of the Lord. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. You should be so skilled, so productive, so filled with wisdom that no matter where you are, like Yudhisthira, you will rise to the top. Don't come down with complacent destination disease. Break out of your box and learn something new. Will Rogers, the American comedian, said, even if you're on the right track, if you just sit there, eventually you're going to get run over. <laughs> when you study and learn, you use your time profitably. Some people may call you a bookworm. Some people may call you a geek. Some people may call you a nerd. But don't worry about those names. In a few years, those same people will be calling you boss. They'll be calling you CEO. They'll be calling you president. They'll be calling you pastor. They'll be calling you doctor. Did you know that Thomas Edison, Henry Ford, and Harvey Firestone had summer homes right next to each other in Florida? They were close friends. They spent much of their summers together in their evenings talking and creating and brainstorming out on their patios. So who you spend time with makes a huge difference to how far you go in life. If your friends are Curly, Larry, and Moe, you may have fun, but can I tell you, you're not going very far. You need to see time as your most valuable asset. God has given us 86,400 seconds each day. If you're not being responsible with God gave you hanging out with time wasters who have no goals and no dreams, then don't complain. Don't cry, boo-hoo, poor me. Because each and every one of us has a destiny to fulfill. God has amazing things in our future. And it's critical that we, at the very least, surround ourselves with the right people. If you're the smartest one in your group, 
then your group is too small. You need to be around people who know more than you, have more talent than you. Don't be intimidated by them. Be challenged. Be inspired by them. One last example, and then we're done. If you take an oak tree seed and plant it in a little five-gallon pot, that tree is not going to grow to the size that it was meant to grow to. Why? It's restricted by the pot. In the same way, Krishna has created you to do great things, put talent, ability, and skills in you. You don't want to be restricted by your environment. You don't want to be limited. You may have friends who are small-minded, holding you back. The people that you hang around might be negative, might be dragging you down, small-minded, gossip, complainers. You need to get out of that little pot Krishna created you to soar. And it's fine to help people in need, but don't spend all your time with them. You need talented and smart people in life, winners who are further along than you and can inspire and challenge you to rise higher. When you take responsibility for your own growth, Krishna God will honor your efforts, promotion, good breaks, businesses, books, divine connections are all in your future, but now is the time to prepare. There's treasure in you waiting to be developed. Make a decision today to grow every day in some way. If you keep sharpening your skills, getting better, Krishna promises you today that your gifts will make room for you. Like with Prabhupada, like with Yudhisthira, because you're prepared, I believe, that Krishna is going to thrust you into the fullness of your destiny, open doors that no man can shut. You will go further than you could ever imagine in this life. And in the next life, you'll go back to home, back to Godhead. If any of that sounds good to you, raise your arms along with me. And we'll all say robustly together. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, 